0: Manager, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've taught me to Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 85, and this is going to be mostly about... Fear the Walking Dead, which we finally, after a very busy week, uh, (laughs) managed to watch sober earlier this afternoon. Thank you, TiVo. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So yeah, let's start with one piece of business. Uh, We are most likely not going to have a new episode uh, next week. That is Sunday, September 6th, for a couple of reasons. The first being that is a long Labor Day weekend here in the United States, which means that uh, basically it's a weekend celebrating the labor movement. So
2: it's a it's a 3-day weekend. It's a holiday weekend.
0: Yeah, so we celebrate it by uh drinking to the fact that there is no more labor movement in the United States. <laughs> and that we only have the 3-day weekend to prevent rioting in the streets. Yes. Uh the other reason being we've talked the last couple of weeks that we are uh, investigating uh moving our home office. There's really not a hell of a lot new to report there. Uh the place that we did look at last week kind of fell through, but there's one or two possibilities out there. So yeah, we are frantically getting ready to put the current home office in shape for people to potentially look at it and bid on it uh yes. there's a, there's a lot of <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up a lot of questionable biological stains and <laughs> the things that could be holes in the dirt things hidden in the rafters it's it's hard to say we we know what they are i no and actually I'm,
2: there were things i cleaned up today i'm not sure i knew what they were
0: well even if we know what they are i'm not answering any goddamn questions without my lawyer here so <laughs> So, yeah we've got a, a ton of work to do on that, even if we decide to proceed with it, and really we're we're kind of operating on a potential deadline, so we may just have to take the entire week and the weekend in order to do that in between uh savage reckless alcoholism we We will try to keep up with the comic books, but yeah <laughs> yeah oh we'll we'll definitely do that and uh if there like i said there's a chance- if we get everything done, uh we will uh have a show next week, but yeah, keep an eye on our our home website. CrisisOnInfiniteMidLives.com on Sunday, you will either see a, yep, you'll see us again next week, Uh or uh you'll have a new show. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I wish there was something else to report, because the, the problem will be, if we do move the home office, there will be a few shows here and there that just have to get dropped, because you kind of have to have a studio in order to do a radio show. Yes. Or at least internet's. I hear internets are a good way to distribute podcasts.
2: Yeah, I think that that's sort of a thing. If we maybe. are in
0: between studios, uh, just uh, come to uh, outside where we're staying and we'll hand you a podcast. We'll try we and distribute just it that way. yell
2: from the porch if we find a place with a porch.
0: We do that anyway. <laughs> porch, window, whatever. Just, yeah, come outside the home office and we will shriek the comics news at you. <laughs> Among other things. Things about Jesus. We'll just scream stuff out the window.
2: Today you you went off on an extended rant about how the pots and pans that you acquired from your parents aren't technically vintage, but that your scrotum is. <laughs> well These it. are the things that the listeners could expect you to yell from the porch. Well that's- <laughs> Those pots and pans are are like harvest gold.
0: When I moved out of my parents' house in the mid-90s, my mom gave me some pots and pans so I wouldn't have to eat every meal at McDonald's. And yeah, they're this horrible gold color, but they're stainless steel and they still work perfectly well. But I didn't know they were stainless steel. So I also, when I got my first very own place without roommates, I bought a bunch of shit from Walmart, one of those... You, know, you go into Walmart at 2 a.m. and it's like, you know, hey, bachelor slash divorcee slash marking time until you work up the courage to take the coward's way out <laughs> for $30. Here's everything you need in order to apply heat to food. Kill yourself slowly with cheap Teflon. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, horrible. It's it's like faux-flon. It's not even really <laughs> Teflon. I don't know what the fuck it is. It scratches if you think about it too hard. Co- coats the inside of your stomach
2: so it looks like. Like black lung but happened but to your stomach
0: yeah and the outsides are supposedly aluminum but i've opened a lot of aluminum cans and nothing has become this horrid and looks almost whitewashed in the way that these things have so those i've said yeah fine fuck it let's throw them out but these i think are pretty good these harvest gold they've got some weight to them like if if uh, we ever need to
2: bash in a zombie's brain that that pan
0: that's great. You can tell me about it because (laughs) I'll be whimpering by the front door going, I'm not surviving this. I may as well drink my way through it. (laughs) But yeah, I I thought they were stainless steel, but I I don't know. My mom gave it to me and said, here, uh, don't call right away. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you looked them up on the internet and it turns out, yeah, they're from the 1970s and they are in fact stainless steel. So they're good and they're worth keeping. They've got like
2: a magnetic core, I guess. Whatever that means.
0: Yeah, yeah. In in case my cheeseburger has like joint disorders, it'll really, <laughs> really loosen them up so it can kick ass like it's nineteen again. Will I... help
2: with your hamburgers, chi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but... Oh god! Please stop me from making the cheeseburger joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's too fucking late. It got out. <laughs> Damn it!
2: But cheeseburger, cheeseburger. So... <laughs>
0: No price. Cheaps. <laughs> you're going to hork, hork from the best. Fuck it. All right. But, but yeah, you looked them up on the internet to see if they were any good, and you were the one who said, oh, you hipster douchebag, I'm finding these things on, what was it, on Etsy? Etsy? Yeah. As as vintage cookware. I'm like, it's not fucking vintage. It's old. <laughs> My mom didn't give them to me because it's vintage. She gave them to me because she got better shit. <laughs> And the joke was, yeah, technically in that case, you know, yeah, my scrotum's vintage, but hipsters aren't lining up to see if they can get their hands on it.
2: You don't know that. There's a lot of weird people on the internet. There's a law about that, I believe. There's a lot of weird people in this
0: neighborhood, but I don't think it's... That's why we want to move, for fuck's sake. It's true. So, yeah, apparently I have vintage cookware. Go you! Which I've never... I don't think I've used in 10 years. It's just sort of a just in case.
2: It's because it was buried in in back of a bunch of Teflon stuff from Walmart. No, it's
0: because I never <laughs> could cook worth a shit, and you could. So if I've had to provide myself for the last 10 years, I go to the bar and order a G-burger.
2: And I'm lazy because I, I prefer the anodized stuff. You actually have to kind of pay attention with the stainless steel. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> well, because it's not non-stick, so you have to pay attention so that things crust properly and you get, like, fond and stuff. I have no idea what the fuck
0: you're talking about. This just could be the stroke. You apply extremely high heat, you put your cheeseburger in it, and when it stops sticking, flip it over. And when it stops sticking, you're done. And if you're too hungry to wait for that, you pour fucking oil into it. Done. Yes. What's a fucking fond? (laughs) It's the brown
2: stuff that's stuck to the bottom of the pot that you use to make sauce. All right,
0: thank you for clarifying stuck to the bottom of the pot because <laughs> now it's the brown stuff. Fuck you! What are you putting in my ordering Dominoes for the rest of my life?
2: Well, there's that one time I made hummus and there was a June bug trapped in the food processor, but you didn't have to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was hummus with marginally more protein that week? <laughs> You're
0: speechless. I don't. I don't even know. Uh, this this is this is the closest I am to a sound effect that can even answer for me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's not true, is it? Not as far as you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just at, at least tell me you're bullshitting me. Just don't even look at me. Look at my direction and tell me Rob, that's a lie. I'm bullshitting you. Okay, that's all I ask. Have the decency <laughs> to lie to my fucking face if that's what it takes. I'm willing to believe it. I'll meet you halfway. I'm against eating bugs. I'll meet you two thirds of the way. <laughs> Just for God's sake. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so, what are we having for dinner after the show?
2: Uh, cheeseburger.
0: I, actually, what are you having for dinner after the show? Because
2: I'm I'm gonna have a bag of pretzels and half a bottle of scotch. What are you having? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> so that's the warning. Uh, someday we may have a contest. Hey, come have dinner at the Crisis <laughs> at the Midlife's Home Office. Don't do it. This is what you'll get: For a ten dollar all you can eat testicle vest. Just a terrible fucking thing.
2: I'm not making anybody testicles. Do you know much how much of a pain in the ass it is to prep testicles?
0: I, I don't know. Ask the hipsters who are apparently lined up around the block to get mine. You gotta I, peel them. It's just you know. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I find it very difficult to have a conversation with you sometimes. There's veins. It's a pain. <laughs> just stop just stop <laughs> oh god yeah i'm not
2: all right so we watched something called fear the walking dead
0: <laughs> yes thank god about people eating testicles
2: no 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 well maybe we didn't see that on screen though
0: <laughs> yes so all right let's get on point jesus no, I'm legitimately not hungry. I'm drinking dinner tonight. That's on you.
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm, there's like a half a box of jalapeno poppers
0: that I didn't make. Uh, yeah, but they're outside of my chain of custody, which means I don't trust <laughs> them anymore.
2: Fear the Walking Dead.
0: <laughs> yes, Fear the Walking Dead. It's a TV show. <laughs> yes. It's a show about, <laughs> about uh, the eating. It's, it's a cooking sh- No. No. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's uh, the... the spin-off which part of me never believed they would actually do, but yeah, the spin off from uh AMC's The Walking Dead based on the comic book debuted last Sunday about an hour after we taped last week's show. So yeah, we couldn't do anything about it at the time. Uh now we've known about the spin-off for a long time now. it said was it last year's Comic Con, 2014 they announced yeah, it. That seems right. Uh yeah, we, we knew it was taking place in Los Angeles. Uh, that it was going to be set right at the start of the zombie apocalypse from the walking dead Um, therefore it's set in 2010 although i guess they could be a little bit flexible i don't think they've ever said the actual year yeah it seemed like everybody had an iphone and 2010 seemed a little early for that but but, yeah not only
2: did everybody have an iphone i mean they're gonna make a point about how everybody is sort of tethered to their technology and relies on it to have instantaneous communications sure um and then that's gonna go away in the next episode or so but right now everybody has iphones and the ability to see viral videos and
0: yeah youtube did seem awful mature maybe for 2010 yeah (laughs) so uh, all right so the uh, look, it's not a time travel story, so you don't necessarily have to hold them to a particular time period. Yeah. But you know, fine, everything's sort of shifting. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. But because of how they were setting it at the beginning of the entire apocalypse from The Walking Dead, I've had concerns about this from the beginning. Um, the uh, potential problems they could run into, and the biggest one for me, although they swear it's not going to happen, is potentially revealing what started the dead coming back to life.
2: There's certain things in my life I don't need to know about. I've given this great deal of thought. One, um, th- how the zombies came to be in this particular universe. Yep. Um, the Joker's origin story. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, there, there are two things I don't need to know. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> I mean, there are other things, too, but. Yeah, like where my dinner came from. <laughs> <laughs> tell How me did that, that shit? June bug get there? Oh, like- <laughs> stop it, for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah, I like it better not knowing. Yeah, uh, and part of that is I'm a Romero purist. And yeah, you could make the argument that you know, oh, they kind of seriously hinted in Night of the Living Dead that the space probe from Venus brought something back, and it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, they never specifically said that. It's always. The story is not about what caused this to happen. The right. story in Romero and in The Walking Dead has always been, here is a thing that happened. And here is what everyone did after that. Yeah, and, and that's the important thing. This is what happened next. And yeah, <laughs> the odds that they actually would reveal the cause of The Walking Dead zombie apocalypse in Fear the Walking Dead are pretty fucking long. I mean, cause uh, number one, Rick's group you know, Rick was in a coma, but everybody in that group was alive for everything that is going to happen in Fear the Walking Dead. They didn't seem to know what happened from the news. They went to the fucking Center for Disease Control. Right. And they didn't know what caused it. But, you know.
2: I just realized that the zombie apocalypse is like an awful BuzzFeed headline. They rose from the dead. You'll never believe what happened next. <laughs>
0: click <laughs> no don't click you're part of the fucking problem stop clicking that shit and theoretically you know these guys were all off in rural Georgia somewhere right you know with everybody being tightly packed in a major city which would therefore be a major infection vector yep could somebody see something that could tip it off yeah it's possible you know only a goddamn dope would make such a big plot reveal Mm. part of the spin off series as opposed to the main money maker. i mean that'd be like showing that showing how fonzie figured out how to control the jukebox in like mork and mindy <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense to do it that way but if the ratings slip on it somebody's going to be tempted to do it just to yeah <laughs> just that, to that would be a mistake in. yeah so i'm, I'm hoping that's the thing that doesn't i can't imagine they'd do it but it's been one of the things from the beginning i've been concerned about don't Tell me the cause. It doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. And they also, you know, the the night that it started to happen or it seems like it's been happening in five states at this point slowly for a while. But, you know, two days out or 24 hours out from critical mass, you know, we have a, a young man who wakes up in a, a, a church where a lot of people choose to shoot up and, and pass out. Um, I guess this is a thing.
0: Uh, Yeah, go to the church down the street. There's a reason we're in a home
2: office. Um, but you know, he wakes up to what has been a bloodbath.
0: So was there
2: something in that particular strain of heroin? We don't know.
0: Yeah, and I'm hoping they don't tease too much because yeah, throughout the show, there's a oh, there's a flu, there's an infection, there's a oh, this dose of heroin. Yeah,
2: but they are effective with the sense of dread that that gives because you know anytime some of this takes place in in a school anytime you see somebody kind of slumped over and not responsive you're wondering all right are they going out for the final good night
0: <laughs> yeah well i want to talk about some of the specifics okay. of the episode i'm, I'm
2: jumping around so yeah because I'm,
0: I'm still sort of in the place of okay who are the things i was nervous about going into it okay because make no mistake when we get to it i, I don't think it was any better than okay there's certain things i was worried about oh they didn't happen other oh, shit that Because of the quality of the main show, I wasn't worried about, uh, it kind of happened. Okay. But, so, uh, one of the things that sort of corresponds and is still a potential for problems with Fear the Walking Dead is what's strong about the original is not too many people had really explored the long-term, what happens after the apocalypse where societies collapsed. 'Cause even in the Romero trilogy, you know, Night of the Living Dead is full on, it's happening now. Yep. Day of the Dead is, yeah, it's still happening, it's sort of Peter but even Day of the Dead was like the one of the last government bastions of we have a base here and we're trying to figure something out. Right. You know. Not very many people had explored what's the long term of if something like this happens and destroys society. Yeah. You know, it's Twenty-eight days later had a similar beginning to it had basically the same fucking beginning yeah. <laughs> as, as Walking Dead, but it's everything started once it's all over, and you didn't see that a whole lot because you know, even twenty-eight days later was a fast burn, and if you ignore twenty-eight weeks later, everything was starting to peter out within a couple months anyway. Right. But that wasn't technically a zombie story, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, it was. Yeah, it <laughs> was. So, so yeah, I mean. But when it comes to, hey, we're seeing the apocalypse happen, that's kind of a dime a dozen. We've seen it over and over again. I'm not sure what new things Fear the Walking Dead could bring to the table besides budget and spreading it out over N hours as opposed to two.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in LA. Okay. Um, we're seeing things leading up to zero day. Okay. But do we need, does this need to be a thing?
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't feel like it's particularly anything new in zombie <laughs> genre. Yeah, the zombie genre. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The other problem is you can only hold up that novelty for so long. Right. You know. Yeah. Right now it's oh everything's just starting. Eventually that shit's going to be over and you're going to catch up with the beginning of the Walking Dead. And at that point, it's just this is the Walking Dead L.A.
2: Yeah, and and they seem like they're trying to address some other themes in terms of what it is to be a modern family and other things that affect the family and society and how are we dealing with those? And oh, now we've got zombies. They <laughs> yeah, but
0: even <laughs> okay, even that I I will jump ahead. One of the big things that the showrunners and everybody involved in Fear the Walking Dead has been saying is. This is almost a story about a dysfunctional family first and a zombie apocalypse second. All right. I mean, that's, you've heard those comments, right? I forget where I've read them. Yeah, but
2: you could make the same argument about The Walking Dead. You absolutely can. <laughs> Lori was getting boned by Shane because she thought that Rick was dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then Rick wakes up and he. She turns her back on Shane, and she's pregnant with somebody's friggin' Sprog, and somehow Carl is Houdini, and not- <laughs> no, no lock can hold him, and he's a douche while he's at it. It's uh,
2: But there a- are other dysfunctional families happening around there. There's Carol and Ed, and-
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah, just, <laughs> just whimpering and tuning up. It's- I mean it was it was functional for Ed, but Ed was a cock and deserved what he got
2: you now even even herschel and and company i mean he he was in denial about the fact that his wife and their friends were actually dead and they were storing zombies in the barn. That's dysfunctional,
0: yeah <laughs> you can argue this one is dysfunctional right out of the gate as opposed to dysfunction really happened once the as, world started to fall apart, yeah but.
2: dysfunctional um. As a, a victim of the zombie apocalypse, these guys are dysfunctional going into the zombie apocalypse, I guess.
0: But if if you're talking about the pr- protagonists, you know, a dude whose best friend bangs his wife, and everybody tries to pretend it's not happening or figure out that's that's about as dysfunctional in day to day society as you can
2: get. Yeah, Shane. They they imply that Shane had been coveting Lori for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh. <laughs> And at least in The Walking Dead, there's only one Carl. But we'll talk about that in a fucking minute. (laughs) Yes. Um. So, yeah, I mean, how you... Right now, they've got the novelty that they can deal with. On an infinite timeline, yeah, they have to catch up with it. Right now, the world is starting to end. Eventually, the world has to end. Yes. And at that point, it's just The Walking Dead again. And the problem is, so far, these people, they're not Rick and company. You know, the walking dead's built around characters. And while some have come and gone, there's been a core that have been really strong characters to begin with. And yeah, if you take those characters out, it's just another fucking zombie story. Right. Which right now, this kind of is. Yes. So. Yeah.
2: And, and they're, they're making implications about, you know, this sort of event causes fear, and when people act out in fear, that is what can lead to evil. All right, well, we we already kind of had the message in the previous series that human beings can do just as much evil. <laughs> We've seen it over and over and over that again. They themselves are often more the monster than the monsters that they're trying to kill off. And here they're even being that much more heavy-handed about it because... Travis, the English teacher, is is um, essentially telling his kids out of the gate rather than leading them to any sense of understanding. It's man versus nature. Nature always wins.
0: <laughs> Thank God he was teaching Jack London, you know, so it fit in with the plot, huh? I mean, if he was teaching the, the yellow wallpaper.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the yellow wallpaper always wins. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You're gonna go crazy. If you stare at a corner long enough, you'll go nuts. Yeah. How does that relate to The Walking Dead? It doesn't it doesn't. It's not, <laughs> not every coincidence in the world. What can I tell you? No. But all right, so what did you think about the the episode in general? I, I, the best I I thought it was okay. There were some extreme flaws with how it was executed. I, I thought that it was
2: it was nice to look at. The zombies were well executed. Um, It was kind of refreshing to see some characters that we have not seen before because this is a brand new series, although it's really familiar out of the gate because if you have been watching The Walking Dead, you know the score pretty much. Yeah. The second you see that first zombie. And again, this is a world impar- apparently where the word zombie doesn't exist and nobody has ever seen a Romero movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'm willing to take that on faith at at this point. You know, it, I, I'm still a fan of zombies, even though the genre, a lot of people are arguing, it's played out. So I, I consume a reasonable amount of those stories. And almost to a one, nobody's ever seen anything like this before. The only one I've ever read that I can think of where people know what's going on because of uh it's a it's a trilogy called the news Flesh trilogy and it's a uh, believe it or not it's books with no pictures sometimes i can read those Ooh. but uh by mira grant uh it came out 2 or 3 years ago and yeah the conceit is the books are taking place like 20 years after the zombie apocalypse where the infection is still out there and people can get hit yeah but the initial apocalypse in quotes was knocked back because everybody said oh, shit, I've seen Dawn of the Dead. I know what this is, so I know what to do. Yeah. And because of it, almost every child born after the zombie apocalypse is named George or Georgette (laughs) or Romero in honor of George Romero. And it's like, okay, this is kind of different. But that's the only one I can think of. So I'm willing to take on faith with almost all of these. It's like, what is happening? Cinema horror cinema never advanced after 1967. <laughs> when we go to horror movies, it's I married a space alien with a six foot dong or some kind of thing. Giant ants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Them. Yeah. It's oh boy. Man <laughs> with the X ray eyes or yeah. Yeah. So so I'm willing to accept that.
2: So there's that going on. Okay, you know, out of the gate, expectations were challenged slightly because. Uh, the kid who OD'd on the heroin, who who woke up and saw his needle buddy. I don't know if they were actually like boyfriend girlfriend, but they definitely shot up together. Based on what he says later in the in the show, he finds her having uh zombied out and is eating somebody's face. Yeah. So you, you figure, oh well, all right, this this kid is gonna get eaten. Uh, yes. <laughs> because he does drugs, therefore. Um, He's done something
0: evil, and horror movie rules are such that he should buy it. Horror movie rules are a problem that I had with this episode, but I will get to that in a few minutes.
2: But he manages to escape right up until the point in time where he gets hit by the car. Okay. Now you would expect maybe he's dead, he's going to change, and then people will see. Nope, he goes to the hospital. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I want to stop there, because I-, I had... I had some big problems with the with the opening itself. Okay, the the first one being the the kid who plays Nick. If you're gonna open with a Johnny Depp lookalike flouncing around in a church to, he, to he... smack us in the face with a religious symbolism, and he's wearing a sexy pirate Halloween costume <laughs> shirt out of Tim Burton's personal fucking closet, you're making a statement. But See, the I problem think he is, just I don't... borrowed
2: his girlfriend's shrug sweater. Like uh, I, I think he was just looking for something to wear. And he grabbed her sweater. Like mm. I, I think I have a sweater like that in my closet.
0: Sure, why not? <laughs> just it, it, it just. It, oh, okay, I get. Okay, here's the here's the Johnny Depp heart throb. Well, this I kid can't it.
2: decide if he wants to be Johnny Depp or James Franco.
0: Oh, he. I don't know who he wants to be, because <laughs> because there's also some problems with the acting or the directing. I will get to all of this, <laughs> but you know. Just uh, number one, the symbolism, the smack in the face of when he wakes up, he's in a sunlit, clearly a church with stained glass. It doesn't look terrible. But as he searches for his friend Gloria, as he goes. It Gloria.
2: Dis- oh, that's so religious.
0: Oh, of course. But it, he descends from the sunny room with a stained glass to graffiti to, you know, this. Yeah, the, this pit where the pews are and levels
2: of hell yeah rob is it levels of hell
0: could be all i know (laughs) is it's levels of uh, at one point it looks ethereal and at the bottom it looks like uh it was lit by david fincher from seven (laughs) i mean the only way it could be more obvious of the descent into hell is if somebody carved it into my forehead backwards so i could fucking read it while i was brushing my teeth in the morning (laughs) me and bizarro but even without that we spent seven minutes with this kid And I'm not sure that we needed to, because we know we're watching Fear the Walking Dead. We know that it comes from The Walking Dead. We know that there's a zombie apocalypse in the future. And they go to such great pains to hide, oh no, the girl in the panties. I feel bad for that actress. Her name was Lexi something. I found a... Yeah, she's in terrible makeup and the first we see is her ass. So yeah, (laughs) another goddamn horror movie sexualization thing that I think is wrong to be bolted into this series or into a Walking Dead series. But yeah, it's, oh, we're increasing the tension. We know he's going to come across a fucking zombie, whether it was her or somebody else. And they go to such lengths of him running out and they just show the burned out cars and... It's supposed to be a big reveal when the scooter goes by and then he's hit by a car and then other people come in their cell phones and they pan out and specifically so a CGI airliner just to make sure we can see all the technologies there. It's seven minutes to give this, oh my God, reveal that we we already know what it is. Yeah. One person in The Walking Dead is the biggest fucking show on television. One person in ten million is flipping, going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> we know what The Walking Dead is. To go to all these lengths to have this reveal—it's uh, we already knew it. It's heavy-handed. Yeah, you didn't need it. There was a lot of heavy-handed going on. Yes.
2: I, I found, I found the characterization of of both the uh, the newly married now step parents heavy-handed. <laughs> they, like, okay, you're a guidance counselor um and you you can give great advice uh sort of to to the, your charges at school but you your children are a fucking mess like really we're going to go there Like, <laughs> um you know oh you know you're for the dude Travis you know you're you're losing your relationship with your own son but you're going to try to you know you're going to try to fix it through your relationship with now your your junkie stepson and, and it's so obvious that that your guidance counselor uh wife calls you out on it in like one of the bitchiest moments
0: I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, t- <clears throat> tell me about that one. I, I don't remember the oh, bitchy it's, moment.
2: It's she, he is finally having a moment. A uh, granted, you know, I get it that the family is wary of anything Nick the junkie does or says because they've been through this with him for years. And so they're trying to make sure that Travis isn't being taken advantage of because junkie's going to say what they're going to say. Right. Um, but Travis, who's trying desperately to make any kind of connection with either of the two children in the family, uh, both of whom are complete pieces of work. Uh, just,
0: or shit. <laughs> just, just, just
2: unfortunate human beings. Um, yeah. it's... <laughs> and, and I, I get it, but he, Travis and Nick have this moment in, in the hospital where, where Nick believe it Nick gets Travis to believe what happened in the church, or at least enough so that he goes to investigate in the church and and finds the pool of of blood and gack and and the the kid who's hiding in the closet who's screaming about "Don't kill me," and then goes running off into the yeah. night um and tries to explain this to his now wife, <laughs> yeah, and she isn't buying it because he's said stuff before. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess not about zombies, but that's okay. Junkies say things. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then go so far as to it, snap at him, you know, just because you're having difficulty connecting with your own son, whose name is Chris. Don't try to
0: try to work that out through Nick. That's right. I <laughs> I do remember that. that and I was, was just like, you fucking bitch. I get it. You're under stress, but really? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. it's <laughs> That would be like if... <laughs> That would be like if I looked at you and said, Amanda, aren't you acting a little bit like your mother? You would beat me to unconsciousness in 10 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) I I love you, Mom, but, you know. Um,
2: (laughs) It's just, it was so, it, it, it was like some of the dialogue that came out of, like, War of the Roses, which is... One of the most uncomfortable movies about people going through a divorce. It's yeah. like really, you're gonna say like the pointed asshole thing just because you can. Is that why you're divorced? Like, is that? Like... Yeah, yeah. It's like, it was it was heavy handed.
0: That is the biggest problem with this show is the family of protagonists, and I I really don't like any of them very much. Is the problem? Yeah. And part of that, I'm sure, is on purpose because. We're supposed to, you know, we we're, we're supposed to see a dysfunctional family here. But it, it, number one, you know, this mixed family of two adults and three teenagers in various places. Mean right out of the gate, I already hate more than two thirds of your fucking protagonists automatically.
2: Yeah, I I'm,
0: I'm not good with kids. I just
2: I'm coming away from this like fear the heavy handed tropes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, and when you look at these kids, it, yeah, we get this uh, junky who's too goddamn douchey and clever for his own good. Yeah. You know, his bitch of a sister who wants nothing more than to get away from mom when she's not too busy shitting on her. We got this stepbrother who, in his one scene, is just a fucking unbelievable cock to his father on the fucking phone. Yeah. If the world ends and these three kids survive, there is no God. (laughs) The only thing I could think of about halfway through was, was that thing from from Dawn of the Dead, you know, when the world ends, when there's no more room in hell, hell will start by rejecting irritated, entitled white kids, I guess. <laughs> it just, I didn't like any of the kids, and they went to certain lengths once stuff started to go to shit to show they were turning back to family. But you got a long way to go, because, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, the, the junkie who's just a douche to everybody, and when he tells his sister, I'm ready to let go, she's just like, all right, fine, you can go kill yourself, I don't give a shit. It's just like... Uh, you people are shit, and I, don't, I I hope you're killed.
2: It's again, I. It's a if you've been through any kind of similar thing in the actual real world where you're trying to deal with somebody who's going through addiction or work with somebody who's going through addiction, I, I get that you can get burnt out. I get it. <laughs> yes. Um, but there was just a level of just thinly written dialogue and and a lack of of character building it's like they went straight to disaffected asshole <laughs> yeah <laughs> that it's... was just not endearing like the you're supposed to in in a perfect world actually be rooting for some of the characters and mostly out of the gate i was looking at this girl going wow okay so you're going off to college soon you know, zombie apocalypse notwithstanding. You've got a boyfriend. I'm kind of hoping he knocks you up because I'm hoping for the the pregnant zombie baby trope from <laughs> from Day of the Dead. Or Dawn yep. of the Dead, rather. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you irritate me, and I want to see something chew its way out of your
0: womb. <laughs> yeah. She was... Her name was Alicia. She was fucking horrible. Yeah. Just self-centered and irritating. She has this habit of... Clearly, whenever she thinks she's dropping a truth bomb on somebody, of twisting her face in this like "what?" deal with it kind of fucking sneer. Yeah, and it's the kind of fucking thing. I can't imagine the scenario. I can't imagine any scenario where I would lay a hand on a woman, but I can imagine a scenario where I would say, "If you put on a little bit of weight," and that's exactly <laughs> whatever would you fucking little... cut her right to the bone. You seem a little puffy. Yeah, just
2: a little puffy yeah maybe take a my (laughs) doll
0: and (laughs) she clearly doesn't even yeah the boyfriend is there she doesn't give a tin shit about him no you know she sneaks off to hang out with him in the stadium light fixture and all she does is keep bitching about i can't wait to get out of town and when he says you know well what about me so you can come to my school or otherwise "Eh, maybe i'll drive to see you or it doesn't really clearly doesn't really give a shit
2: no here's here's a clear indication of of she doesn't really care what does she do she's on her phone texting where are you? I'm waiting. I'm leaving. Um, You're not going to go to his house? You're yeah. not going to check his hangouts? Like, what? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, well, let's be fair. Or but... are
2: you just too cool? Like, you're the cool girlfriend who isn't going to be clingy.
0: Yeah, it's because by that point, nobody really knew the zombie apocalypse had started yet. But, I mean, clearly we're at least supposed to believe he got got. In theory.
2: But, again... All
0: right, so you sent a
2: a bitchy text. Yeah, I really believe that you care about him as a human being.
0: Yeah. Oh, (laughs) and one of them was, you better be dead.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I I hope she fucking cries.
0: Here's the other thing that occurred to me. He offers to let her come to his parent free house for sex. So he's trying to get laid. He's in a horror movie, and he's black. (laughs) And he's the first character to apparently drop off the face of the earth due to zombies. Yeah. She as much as fucking murdered that guy.
2: Pretty much, and and then the next one that we see get turned also a black guy.
0: Yeah. Oh, the when uh, what's her face, Gloria? Yeah. Turned. She was eating a black guy's face. Yeah. The black guy gets it first horror movie trope, full effect in Fear the Walking Dead. Did we see anybody who
2: wasn't black die? Um, we saw people of indeterminate palish skin tone on viral videos turn.
0: Yeah, but they were already dead. Yes. So, But people who were actually killed. Right. I think all people of color.
2: Yes. Way to go, Fear the Walking Dead. Way to live in the 21st century.
0: Top shelf work. What a bunch of a-holes.
2: <laughs> that was awesome.
0: <laughs> Once in a while, I got the right sound effect for the right thing. Yes. But, so yeah, Alicia was horrible. Um, And yeah, we get the one scene with chris travis's kid yep and he said of any of them at least i empathize a little bit he's clearly supposed to be the good kid um he's caught up in this situation of his father is now in this other family he didn't ask for any of this shit yeah um, and he's basically being asked okay can you come and hang out at the hospital with my stepbrother yeah who's a junkie and he's like i I would never be in this situation. Why do I have to deal with this? But still, he's kind of a douchebag about it. I don't want to see you, Dad. You know, you're causing more problems. You can say whatever you want; it doesn't solve anything. It just clearly doesn't care whatsoever. Well,
2: it's like they realized they had like two minutes to establish this kid's character, and they just wanted to go straight to. No, you don't care about me. I'm not going to go hang out with that kid. He's not like me. Yeah, like- and,
0: and that's that's part of the problem. Walking into the show in the first episode, we we have. A group of protagonists that to use terms from the original show, we got two Ricks and three Carls, and nothing fucking good can come from that. <laughs> yeah, that that just leads to revulsion and despair, and I'm gonna let these stack up on the TiVo until I have the mental fortitude to deal with these. Well, there's only six
2: of them this season, right? It's it's yes. like a mini
0: series. They're starting it out like they did The Walking Dead. They gave it six six okay. episodes, but I think it's already been renewed, I think. I, I yeah. So, so yeah, it's, but yeah, the biggest problem is, is Nick is the junkie kid. Yeah. And I got to be at least a little bit charitable. I don't think it's all his fault.
2: No, he seems likable. He seems like he's doing the best he can with the material that they're giving him.
0: Yeah. But the problem is what they're giving him is in certain ways all over the place. And when it's not, it's to not make him very likable. And I think there's writing and direction problems that really in particular with him made him come off badly. I mean, there's there's supposed to be some great, horrible pain in this guy, something that drove him to heroin addiction because supposedly he's been in and out of rehab for years and he's so fucked and in pain. Yeah, he flat out says he's ready to let go. He tells his sister, yeah, I'm just going to go off and kill myself, basically. um, And it's. Supposed to be so goddamn self-evident that whatever he's been through, either I, I have to believe Alicia is not so self-centered that she's like, yeah, fine, whatever. That means I can get on with my life.
2: Well, That's- they're 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 hammering hammering home nature always wins. That was you know the mom character was oh it's genetics like yeah it's. You can be genetically predisposed to addiction, but you can also make fucking choices. Yeah. You know, you can choose to live. You can choose not to be an asshole.
0: And I, I think they were trying to get at the choose to live part a little bit. I just don't think the execution was particularly good. Yeah. Because, again, with this characterization, clearly we're supposed to believe he's in despair. He just wants to shoot his way to death. You know he's ready to go out somewhere and die, and yet when he escapes from the hospital, he finds his dealer and he asks him his question is was the last stuff you gave me laced
1: yeah yeah you
0: know, it's he doesn't ask for dope no even though supposedly he's been dope free for two days
2: and in a great deal of pain he's he's been trying to walk off this fucking car accident that he you know he's a victim of a of a He's been hit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He never asks Cal, the drug dealer, for drugs. Yeah. When, When Cal offers it, he's like, okay, yep, I'm ready. But he flat out tells Cal, no, I think I'm maintaining it. It's bullshit. Yeah. But he's going out of his way to not ask for drugs. They said at
2: the very least he had a bruised rib when he was in the hospital.
0: Yeah. and it's But then even after all that, we see, all right, so this is a character who supposedly wants to die. Cal drives him to the L.A. River. And is there a fucking law that every goddamn bad thing in L.A. movies happens at the L.A. River?
2: I was waiting for Knicky to show up.
0: Yeah, it's, Why doesn't the LAPD just have, like, a SWAT team that lives there? They're just ready for a Terminator to show up. Or, yeah, yeah Knicky to fucking roll <laughs> grease lightning. Or Cal to become a zombie. Just, be, just preempt it. Put, have SWAT's headquarters <laughs> in the L.A. River. They're just be ready for the shit to go down. <laughs> Either that, or right outside the Capitol Records building with Patriot missiles. Because either <laughs> either shit happens in the LA River, or an alien, or a meteor, or something else from space hits the Capitol Records building. If we can preempt those, we could save humanity. Yeah. And yet the LAPD is out there just shooting people for no good reason.
2: Um, it's,
0: but I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: No, but it's just there. There are things where it's there are glimmers of hope, like. I find the guy who's playing Travis also likable. So there's, there's stuff there. <laughs> yeah. For him. I don't like whoever the, the guidance counselor wom- woman is. I, I just, she irritates me.
0: Yeah. The character's name is Madison. Madison. Which I don't think we hear very often.
2: Well, you know, she's named Madison. That's why, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. It was the eighties. <laughs> we had a lot of bad ideas back <laughs> like then. A
2: mom and dad get drunk and saw a splash and I was
0: the result. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Depending on how old she's supposed to be. It's hard to tell. It looked like thirties maybe. Yeah. No. Yeah. That would be right around prime time. 1984,
2: 85. Yeah. So, and, and we don't know. We, we know that Travis has an ex. We don't know if she is an ex because of divorce or because she's been widowed. Um, all we know is she's carrying around a, a tremendous amount of guilt that causes her to try not to be sentimental. She make, you know, anytime Travis tried to be even remotely like helpful or affectionate, she got all bitchy. Yeah. Uh, is that, and he makes it, oh, I'm sorry, did I make you throw up in your mouth a little? Like, like, like if, if your husband is saying that to you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might want to reconsider your choices.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh... I'm not entirely certain certain what the attraction is there between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. I mean, like- she is emotionally somewhat distant and sort of hectoring toward Alicia and clearly has mothering instincts toward Nick, but...
2: But, but also denigrating of Travis, like even, even in the initial scenes where he's in the process of trying to fix the... Uh, the plumbing in the sink in the kitchen, she's all like, We have a plumber, there's a thing on the fridge. you could it's who the foyers use
0: <laughs> yeah, but I can sort of foresee in the future, okay, she is at this point given civilization clearly the alpha, but yeah, the alpha in the relationship, but since Travis is the only one who knows how to do something concrete, and even that's just sort of a okay, look I can half half has a plumbing job, yeah. You know, that could create story tension. Yeah, which is at least encouraging. Great, there's something they can do with this besides make me root for three teenagers to die screaming like pigs in a chute.
2: I want him in my corner because I can also analyze Jack London, but I can't do
0: plumbing. Yeah, and neither can I. <laughs> That's why when the zombies come, I'm just going out for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 fresh meat, come <laughs> get me. Had <laughs> a whole quart of Jack Daniels, won't feel a thing. Jesus. So, I, I'm hoping that
2: in, in subsequent episodes, they spend some time trying to flesh out characters so that we're getting told less about who they are and see them actually act and do things and, and flesh themselves out that way. Well,
0: uh, I'm, I'm hoping so, but I'm also hoping that the writers and the directors get their shit together. Because I think there were some serious mistakes that were made in this episode overall on both of those fronts. I mean, that scene with Cal and Nick in the car. Yes. So we're told Nick wants to die and that he'll do anything to get the vision of cannibalism that he saw out of his head. But he suddenly fights to survive. Now, I can get that. That's a thing that makes sense particularly with some of the themes that were talked about here of survival instinct. And th- that makes sense, but it was played so completely tone deaf and wrong yeah. because that entire scene of Cal and Nick in the car was only put together to build up tension. Oh, that was the
2: to build a fire moment. One of them is the dog and the other is is the, the um, logging dude out in the Yukon making poor choices.
0: <laughs> which one was which
2: <laughs> well it turns out that Nick is the dog um, you know the, the dog who's fo- loyally following his master who's going to give him drugs because that's you know, the the dog follows um, the human in to build a fire because eventually the human will build a fucking fire
0: See, I, I've not read that since fourth grade, so...
2: And that's the only reason the dog is putting up with this bullshit, because the dog realizes over the course of the story, it's fucking cold, I can go home. <laughs> yeah. But the human okay. will build me a fucking fire, and that's uh, that's worth it, I'm going to stick with. And then at the end, when the human turns on the dog, because he needs the dog's warm flesh to thaw out his frostbitten hands, that's when instinct kicks in over conditioning... And he decides, no, fuck you. I really want to live. I'm out of here.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I get that. The problem is I think it was directed completely fucking wrong. Oh, absolutely. Because the way he, it's either the acting or the direction. Cause the whole thing is built to build tension. Yeah. We've, Cal asks if Nick talked to the cops. Cal mm-hmm. takes, takes the turn off the main roads into an alley, which plunges into darkness. Then the car erupts into the L.A. River, (laughs) where nothing good has ever happened. Cal leaves the car to go to the trunk. The camera stays with Nick in the passenger seat. We can't see what Cal's doing. Cal opens the passenger door from outside and says, come on. This is all classic tension building. But the problem is it's tension building that is straight from the last 10 minutes of The Friends of Eddie Coyle. It's been in every Tarantino movie and Tarantino knockoff since 1998. We know what's coming. Yeah. Nick should have known what's coming if he's ever seen a movie. But we get no indication from the actor that he has a sense that he's in any danger.
2: No, because Nick Nick is following Cal like a dog. He's only with Cal because Cal says he's going to get him drugs.
0: But that doesn't carry because he didn't ask Cal for drugs.
2: No, but he asked him to help him take this out of his head And if drugs are the way to do it, then a junkie's promise to stop doing drugs is only as good as his his resolve in the moment. And if his resolve in the moment is, nah, fuck that noise, I want this out of my head.
0: Yeah, but even there, (laughs) 15 minutes earlier, he said he was ready to die to do it. So his motivation is all over the map. Oh, follow the guy with the drugs. You didn't ask him for drugs. You said you were ready to die, and yet I would will—if if, if he had shown he understood what was happening and was okay with it, or that he understood that was happening and said, okay, I can finally be free, Yeah. and then at the last second survival instinct kicks in, yep. that would have had a hell of a lot more weight and would have been far truer to the character we have been shown up to that point than just doop a doop I'm the fucking dog from To Build a Fire. Which doesn't make any sense at all. Right. I feel like,
2: I feel like I want to give like Nick or or his writers an intervention. Dear Nick and the writers of Fear of the Walking Dead, your choices that are negative have affected me in the following ways. One, I lost an hour and a half of my life to the show. (laughs) Two, you are making really tropey choices in your writing, causing us to know out of, out of the gate what's going to happen from one scene to the next often resulting in tension that is being built towards nothing. Three, I lost
0: an hour and a half of my life to this show. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing. I would assume the writers in the writer's room and everything are in Los Angeles. Can't you get your hands on an actual junkie? (laughs) Because, I mean, everybody says it's, a oh, he must have been hallucinating. I've never done opiates, but I've never heard that heroin causes hallucination. I I don't think heroin causes hallucination any more than heavy drinking causes you to see pink elephants. And believe me, that one I would fucking know. (laughs) Just because it's in a movie that you saw somewhere doesn't make it true. So when everybody said, oh, you must have been hallucinating from the drugs, it's like that... Right out of the gate, it's like, can't you get an actual junkie? I don't know. One time
2: I drank so much that I thought I saw
0: cameras that weren't actually there. That wasn't booze. That was fatigue hysteria. (laughs) You'd been up for over 30 hours. That's a good point. So once you got an hour's sleep, you were fine. That's true. Oh, lizard brain. (laughs) Always there for me. (laughs) But it's, yeah, the, the characterization, Nick's characterization didn't make constant sense across the board if he really wanted to die he should have pushed cal's buttons but he didn't he's like oh no i wouldn't say anything bad about your dope and i wouldn't say anything bad about you it's if he really wanted to die he would have done suicide by dude with gun right you know if nick really wanted to know if his last dose was laced you know you could hold out for the talk screen you know, know. Why, you know if you're already sitting there it took a, what seemed like a day and a half to get in touch with cal anyway right you know, If he really wanted to get some dope, he would have fucking asked for it. We're getting about four different motivations for Nick here. You know, the, the, like, troop, he wants truth, he wants dope, he wants to be dead, and he says one thing and he does another. It's fucking messy.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's like they had a lot of good ideas and they threw them all up on the wall in the writer's room and then had difficulty winnowing down to get to some just good straight
0: through story beats. Well, it's they're trying to lay a, a lot of groundwork. You got right now at least 5, potentially 6 main characters if uh Travis's ex-wife uh, continues on. I didn't get a lot of sense of character from her, so I'm sort of guessing.
2: I don't think we're going to see a lot of her, but they they're already showing in the previews for next week, there's going to be at least two other new characters because Travis and company find themselves in with a shopkeeper, right? <laughs> so there's going to be that level of whatever going on.
0: Didn't we see that happen in a what's that fucking Jack Black show that we watched the first episode of from HBO? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The Brink. Yeah, only it was war instead of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. But then, didn't we also see the same thing in the fucking Strain in the first season? Yep. Yep. It's they're just they're hitting all the they're playing the hits. <laughs> They're playing the fucking hits.
2: And the thing is, like, on the one hand, I, I, we've been bitching about in in the Walking Dead comic book and even some episodes of the show from season to season about it being too decompressed. Ah, nothing happened. And <laughs> this one, it's like, there's too much happening here, and, and you're not actually putting in the time to flesh out the things
0: that need to be fleshed out. Well, I'll disagree. Nothing happened here. All that happened from a zombie apocalypse point was... Huh, people saw some videos and people are starting to get nervous and clearly people higher up know something's going on. Now that's one thing that I kind of liked. Okay. It's Let's talk of, about that. Okay. Well, I want to get back to failures in a minute, but the <laughs> but no the idea that and it was expressly said by Madison where if something was going on they would tell us or we would know about it. But that's not necessarily the case. So you've got the uh i forget what the kid's name the with the bad acne and the shittiest steak knife in the world to protect himself from zombies yeah no
2: i know i know which kid you're talking about the one that that looked at her sort of with the the stink eye as he got loaded on the bus on the half day at the end of the day
0: (laughs) yeah this awful kid who clearly has learned decided from the internet that zombies are attacking he tries to get into school with a steak knife like a cheap fucking steak knife, this is la i mean can't you just sneeze and somebody offers you a gun yeah but they they made
2: a point that it was like metal detector central so i and i don't know if that's standard operating procedure in in la county schools at this point but um yeah he's he's the the kid who who listens to too much alex jones
0: (laughs) yeah i take him as the kid who actually watch night of the living dead in which case he should be smarter it's a just bring a kryptonite bike lock It'd be far more effective yeah and you could just explain why you have it in a school
2: um so with that kid he he's still alive at the end of this i'm wondering if we're going to see him again and he's the one who actually has some knowledge
0: that's possible but it's a what what i did like to get back to the original point was He has a sense, so you get a sense that certain people who are looking at certain things have an idea about it. It's been kept quiet, but one of the more subtle things that happened was when Nick's roommate in the hospital coded, it was clearly a, okay, we can't revive him, we've got to get him out of here. Mm -hmm. So clearly, at least at the hospital level, there's an understanding. When people die, something has to be done, something's wrong.
2: Yeah, get him down to the furnace immediately.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah. And yeah, when this video goes and the principal, the, the weird, freaky principal who listens into people on the intercoms. Oh,
2: and yeah, I'm sorry. Um, if the teachers union finds out about that, you're done.
0: Yeah. You're done.
2: Just, but- just don't do, don't do the observations. It'll be like any other year. There are too many staff. We tried to evaluate you. Eh, and that's how you get tenure.
0: <laughs> you know, a little bit more about that business than a lot of people do, but. Uh, to me, that was more, and that'll get to another director's failing in a minute, but one of the things I liked was, yeah, when he gets somebody on the phone, they're like, okay, it's a half day. Yeah. So clearly there's an understanding at higher levels something's happening, but that has not trickled all the way down. I thought that was handled pretty well. Yes. Uh, not to... Other- <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say... That. The the point I want to make going back to directing failure, uh, there were too many jump scares in this by which to say there were any it's
2: there were at least two by my count there was the the uh moment when madison goes to check on travis who is teaching his his class on jack london's to build a fire which is like a six page short story you shouldn't need a
0: whole class on
2: that not in high
0: school like (laughs) i said i think i was in elementary school when we did it but
2: um and and there's a kid who slumped over the desk who then just turns out to be disaffected and not a zombie. <laughs> I,
0: I, I forgot about that one, so there's three. Okay. And then there's where Madison goes to the, the principal. principal who's listening to the... Yeah, he turns out he's just listening to the intercoms. Yeah. The, the biggest one was when Travis goes to the shooting gallery and opens the door and the junkie jumps out literally yeah. screaming, don't kill me. Right. The, the Walking Dead... Works as horror, less as straight horror and more tension, suspense, character horror. Yes. Yeah, Jump scares are for shitty fucking found footage movies that you you dial up on Netflix at two o'clock in the morning when you've been drinking Jack and Cokes and you've had put too much in the caffeinated Coke ratio. (laughs) There's no place for that in Walking Dead. It's a tone deaf move. So well,
2: which makes you wonder like right? Kirkman's name is on this is he writing any of these episodes or is he just sort of signing off on the concept and going I'm going to cash my check
0: I mean he was uh, my understanding is he's a co-creator at least of the concept whether okay. he's writing any I I didn't check to see if he was a writer on this episode I honestly don't know
2: Because it just seems it, it seems like if that's the if he's writing this then he's completely completely forgotten his source material if if he's just cashing the check then the people who are are doing the writing haven't been paying attention to the books and and how he laid out certain things in the previous series or the previous series just got really lucky with the source material it's 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 going to be like kirkman had like one really good run of stories up until negan and that's going <laughs> to be like that that Series of arcs of the Walking Dead or his jagged little pill, like it's like <laughs> the one good album, <clears throat> and then after that it's it's him naked saying thank you silence.
0: Like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing down Kirkman's jagged little pill. <laughs> Seriously, but what what's an example of of something that was that we haven't gone over that's tone deaf and they they fucked up
2: in um, the original? I think. They've
0: From the original? From the from the original uh comics Because or... the, the the one other thing I can think of yeah. is okay, Travis believes Nick. He believes Nick at least up to the point where he's willing to go to this horrible neighborhood where drugs and crime are happening. He goes in, he survives the jump scare. Yeah. He finds a fresh liquid puddle of blood
2: and goop and in my mind i'm just like aids 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 pool of yeah. aids aids <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's but it doesn't occur to him to call the cops to investigate it wash his hands i mean even if you're worried about being input impl- go to a payphone there are still payphone fo- payphones in los angeles i fucking googled it or
2: i bet you know he has a cell phone
0: yeah. But if he wants to remain anonymous, he can go to a pay phone. There's things yeah. he could do. He doesn't call the cops. He goes to Madison and says, I believe him. I found a giant puddle of blood. And she's like, man, did yeah, junkies say things? <laughs> and of course crimes happen there. <laughs> I, I,
2: I had difficulty believing. Well, no, you know what? You make a good point because his, his comments to her after they get the brush off from the nurse in the hospital when nick goes missing and, and she's like "You know, well it's not my problem we have bigger issues here at the hospital call the police yeah um and and travis is all like madison you have to call the police call the police yeah call the police <laughs> it's like nah man. and i don't think we actually see her call the police um <laughs> no
0: she eventually tells him to call the police when they give the school a half day right when she realizes okay there's something serious going on but do we see and, him call the police yes we do
2: okay I I might have just been like
0: rage seething. I mean, it's uh, half a second. She says, call the police. He takes his phone out and presses and walks off camera. So, but yeah, we do see it.
2: But, you know, I, I'm, I believed it would be reasonable, although not rational at that time of night to go (laughs) to that place and the church and, and look for evidence of, of what Nick was, was talking about. Not rational but i i can understand again he's trying to make a connection with with the children in this family
0: yeah and the one thing that even remotely saved that for me was and this is back in the early days of the walking dead where uh i believe it was uh oh christ why can't i can't remember the name of the character he's going to be a big one in this uh lenny james plays him um yeah that guy <laughs> shit we really do like the show and watch it. I just can't <laughs> draw a. Blank. I'm on my third beer. It's been a very hard weekend, but Is it- but it's uh, the rule. Right in the first episode was presented that, uh, yeah, they mostly come out at night. Right. It was remembering that that made me able to accept that. Okay, you've you've got one or two zombies working in this huge shooting gallery full of twenty, thirty people. Yeah. Okay, if they mostly come out at night, maybe they all left to go. Eat. eat something <laughs> and that's why you're not walking into fucking Herschel's barn <laughs> I guess which is what it should have been, yeah, um and i'd I'd love to talk to one of the writers did did you remember that, or did you just sort of assume that the zombies would not be there for some reason because reasons, and this we this guy's a contract, we can't kill him yet,
2: yeah, but also you know, looking on that now like okay i can I can rationalize for why he goes in there, even though it was stupid, but it still breaks it still gets into one of those horror movie things that they're kind of like flagging you with, like don't go in there <laughs> yeah oh you went in there <laughs> <laughs> oh you went in there <laughs> the only
0: place to say things like that in the walking dead are if the last word can be carl <laughs> <laughs> don't go in there carl yeah don't go outside carl <laughs> <laughs> don't eat that pudding carl <laughs> put down the gun carl shut the fuck up carl <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that was a thing that it felt like. You're right. It hadn't occurred to me that don't go in there horror movie trope. Yeah, yeah. There were far too many just cheap horror movie tropes in. in it's this. like
2: they watched Scream, wrote down all of the rules.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: and then said, okay, here's how we're gonna structure Act
0: One. <laughs> yeah, it's it was in a lot of ways really disappointing. And the other thing that occurred to me, there there were some things I liked. I've already mentioned one of them. I'll get to that, but one thing that occurred to me was this is shaping up to be the first half of Stephen King's the stand yeah, you know they they talk about it like it's an illness, they call it a flu. I got my flu shot um there were rumors that are starting go to go around that people are going to react to that will get some people killed. There's going to be a lack of information Mm-hmm. Press and communication will break down. Yep. We've already seen in scenes from upcoming episodes, we're going to see a military strongman saying, okay, my unit is going to go do this, and I'll probably run into others and fight it out, And it, which is fine. If you're going to ape a story, you can do worse than the stand, but it means I've seen it. I just realized something,
2: though. If, if we're going off the, the theory that they're just going to follow the rules of a horror movie, which... Scream at least tried to fight against, but that, that's why Drew Barrymore dies in scene one. Because when you watch a horror movie, you know you meet the pretty girl, and and she's going to be your protagonist. She's the last
0: girl, That's she's, the that's yeah. the trope.
2: Nick is the last boy.
0: Oh Christ! I hope not.
2: No, but seriously, <laughs> he's he's against all odds so far managed to live, and he's <sighs> he's the first character we saw.
0: Yeah. I mean, all right, so. Let's talk about God, things. That means that, Rick's the last boy. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't rule it out. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got an ironclad enough contract. He never has to go do the talking dead with Hardwick. <laughs> and Rick and Nick rhyme. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> now you've convinced me. God damn it. <laughs> it's There were things that worked in this. And one of the things that did work was certain, You know, if we're talking about horror movie tropes, A couple of them, they managed to subvert for me. Okay. Like the minute Nick started saying, oh, I'm in four-point restraints. Can somebody untie me? I'm like, "He's what's going to happen is either he's dead, which would have been fine, (laughs) (laughs) or a zombie's going to come in. He's going to be unable to defend himself until his mom or Travis comes in and stops the zombie and says, I believe you, son. And then they free him, and then they hug, and and they didn't do that it's a, he managed to get himself out before there was trouble <coughs> so at least one horror movie thing yeah they managed to to subvert okay uh i did i like the idea that the first zombies were totally aware of that ha- uh, that are in los angeles are wandering and coming out of drug districts mm mm-hmm. because yeah some pale dude stumbling down the street you know with dead eyes in those neighborhoods wouldn't necessarily attract attention right away, could get a foothold. Yeah.
2: Well, it also gets into the, the theory that, or, or the, the idea that's been floated in some articles about the show leading up to the show and after, um, that everything bad that happens to society comes out of LA. So if it's supposed to be this metaphor of, well, of course it's going to come out of the druggy areas
0: or the you know, <laughs> insert like type of socioeconomic area or, <laughs> Yeah, I could sort of see that, except how many Michael Bay movies do we see him actually blow up New York?
2: Yeah, I it's... mean, they, they didn't like blatantly set it in West Hollywood, but, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I've actually heard. After this pilot episode, they've moved production up to Vancouver like every other TV show in the world. Yeah. So at least this one, <laughs> we saw the L.A. River. <laughs> you know, the next one will just be Grey Block. <laughs> just like every other episode of the X-Files yeah. and everything that isn't law and order. Um,
2: I, you know, there's a certain part of me as, as much as we're tearing this apart, there was a certain part of me that enjoyed kind of just watching it and turning my brain off because since everything was so familiar, either because they beat tropes into the ground or these are the zombies that we've gotten to know from the walking dead. So we, we know what's going to happen I just kind of went – I went for the ride, and maybe that was lazy of me.
0: <laughs> well, ultimately, it it is genre fiction. Look, we watched The Strain. Yeah. You know, I, I could deal with irritating kids. I can deal with an apocalypse in motion where people can't necessarily agree just how bad the apocalypse is. Yeah. You know, oh, it's the end of the world, and at least in The Strain on Staten Island – They're hanging up vampire corpses, and they've instituted martial (laughs) law. But you can still get an Uber, and you know, (laughs) maybe you can book Dorsia like in fucking American Psycho.
2: Wait, does this mean that they're gonna set up an app or a website like they do now for like Dewey traps, where it's like, all right, here are here are the walkers, or here's where the vamps are gonna be, here's the nests, and so you can pull up the app on your phone.
0: (laughs) It's, you would be able to, except apparently they're going to be somewhat realistic as to how ultimately fragile communication yeah. is. You know, at, at least when it comes to wireless, that's the other thing. It's like, oh, we've lost the internet. The internet was built to withstand a fucking nuclear apocalypse. Yeah. That was its entire purpose. If you wiped out cent- the central part of America, you could still route. It's a good point. Hence the term router. <laughs> but. Yes, new things. but yes, when it comes to your cell phone, you knock a tower out and uh, yeah, you've uh, got a picture brick. Good point. But I forgot the point. I got all into my head about ARPANET. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking about how it would be cool if we had an app that showed you where there oh. were nests of
0: vampires. Yeah, no, they probably should. And they should at least come up with that for the strain where they clearly have... Yeah, with the strain, they had to decide. Oh, we'll get a hacker to take the Jesus Christ. I'll watch a show where it's like, oh, we hired a hacker to destroy the internet again. The ARPANET that was meant to was stand. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the girl with the nice rack. Yeah, she she bar- she broke it <laughs> <laughs> with her laptop and her friends. <laughs> There's a shadowy net of friends. <laughs> you would need a big fucking net of friends to take down the internet. But so I'll, I'll watch that, and that doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. I, I'm hoping this—that's the—I like The Walking Dead strongly enough. Right now, I'm not really encouraged this is going to be anything on that level. I'll take it as a more intelligent version of The Strain. Okay. Yeah, you know, if they can keep there, these are the rules of the apocalypse, and this is the time frame that's going on. That I'd be fine with. You know, if I can deal with with F and his jackhole fucking son played by two <laughs> different actors, Zach. Yeah, both of whom, I'd like to get both actors in a room and grab hold of one's right ear and the other's left ear and crack them together until they fucking stop sneering at me. Well, the first one
2: wasn't that bad. The first one you just kind of felt bad for. The, the new one just, oh. That one I want to put in a room with Alicia and they can just have a sneer off until one finally beats the other to death. Zach is the many faces
0: of Carl. <laughs> and they're doing it with different actors as opposed to just Chandler Riggs getting older and becoming more mature. It's, you know, we hey, had... Zach, Hill Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had, don't leave the house. <laughs> Zach. That was the first one. Yeah. And now it's, you know, douchebag, I'm gonna eat all 112 ounces of pudding, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> uh, and uh, Next year, they'll get some other uh, actor to be the badass, Carl, as, as Zach. Yep. Uh, I can put up with that in the strain. I can, I can put up with a certain amount of dumb. The ugly truth is this is a genre show. I like genre entertainment. Do I like better genre entertainment than this? Yeah, sure. I certainly in my life have liked dumber. I'm going to keep watching it. A single episode, particularly a pilot episode is not a great way to judge any show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, look at your favorite show. Look at the pilot. It's not the same show by season three. It's generally not. No. Yeah. Now, The Walking Dead had one of the strongest pilots I've ever seen. Any pilot that has the balls to show you a upstanding Gary Cooper looking man in a police uniform blowing a little blonde girl's head off with a Colt Python revolver. <laughs> that's a show that's like, we know what we are. Yes. And this is what it is. Yeah. Are you going to come with us or not? That was a great pilot. This one it was okay.
2: Yeah. Having having the the 20 something um blonde zombie less effective.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's one of the the, the last thing I, I took a note on that I like. This is a really subtle thing was uh, at the beginning after Nick got hit by the car when we meet uh Madison and Travis when the landline rings and they know that's a sense of doom. Yeah. yeah. That is so, number one, so goddamn 21st century. But number two, it's. It, I would love that trope to take over for the old trope of phone rings at 3 a.m. Hello? Do you know <laughs> what time it is? Who is this? Oh my God, what? Because realistically, it, if you're under 55 and your landline rings, that shit ain't good news. Right. Because that's a number you give to assholes
2: yeah that's that's for debt collectors and telemarketers and yeah. my mother and <laughs> that's not true she has my cell phone number. See, um,
0: even my parents know enough to call my
2: cell phone yeah no she calls my cell phone but my my point being that yeah it, it was a weak triple i needed something <laughs> <laughs> that's all right but the, the point is that yeah if you're under 55 and and your your landline rings it's usually the police doing a 911 call because some old dude got lost or, yeah. <laughs> um, or they're letting you know that, uh, there's going to be a snow emergency. <laughs>
0: that, that's most of how our landlines go. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I thought that was you know, a nice subtle thing that even that took me a second. It's like, answer the fucking, oh, yeah, that's a landline. Shit, that's a problem.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even leave the ringer on on my landline. If you're calling my landline, I, I, I'm assuming I don't want to talk to you and you're going to voicemail.
0: Yeah. So it's a, let that trope take over. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen that. It's like, yeah, I like it. Okay, let's move that one up the fucking list. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, yeah, I mean, right now, based on what I've seen, if it can be a smarter strain, it won't even make me stop watching the strain. Just be be smarter than that and know when to quit. Because if it goes long enough that it reaches, okay, now we've reached the beginning of the Walking Dead. You're just you're the the Walking Dead West, <laughs> the Walking Dead L.A. and fucking ask CSI how that shit worked out. Yeah,
2: because then I start worrying that we're gonna have like Great Lakes Walking Dead.
0: <laughs> you know, like... Squirrel Carl. <laughs>
2: it's
0: not a terrible title. Write that one down. But I would love the Great, <laughs> great Walking Lakes. Dead Initiative. Yeah, like- <laughs> the West Coast Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a. I was hoping for more from it, but then again, you know, when you hear, hey, a spinoff of The Walking Dead, it's really, what the fuck are you going to do with it that's better than what you've been doing? Particularly the last couple seasons where with Scott Gimple running it, it really feels like it's hit its stride. Yeah. So, it's okay. I was hoping for better than okay. I'll take okay for right now. It was okay. But, but yeah, it's. it's Stop with the fucking cheap horror movie shit. Yes, you're we, better than that. We expect more from The Walking Dead than that. Yes. All right, how are we doing on time?
2: Oh, we're at like 118.
0: All right, want to talk a couple of comics? Yes. All right, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Star Wars Lando. All right, <laughs> this has been a fun series. Yes. Yes, Lando number three, written by Charles Sewell, uh, art by Alex Maleev. So yes, uh, Lando has stolen emperor palpatine's yacht as he was hired to do but it's lando so this deal's getting worse all the fucking time it's this is
2: just such a fun book
0: (laughs) yeah it's a you know basically if the the sort of plot summary they're on the emperor's yacht there's a contingent of imperial guard there lando's got a few compatriots one of which is lobot Lobot has seen better days. He needs to get to a Bacta tank so that his implants don't take over his personality. They've got a couple fighters fighting against the Imperial Guards. Meantime, there's a bounty hunter who's been presented with a hunter-killer ship and a droid that can track the yacht. The droid might actually be able to help him. But but, but he's he's removed the droid's head from its body. Yeah, if he allows it to function <laughs> for long enough to do it. Um, So it's... And, when and Lando you...
2: thinks he has a great score. Like by the end of it, because he's traveling around with this other like one-eyed guy who looks like they based his design on the Dungeon Master from Dungeons and Dragons in
0: 1984. Yeah, Corin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought he was an Ughnot to start with.
2: Like I've seen you. Am I supposed to roll for initiative? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you no, know, he turns out to be some sort of like Jedi and Sith scholar.
0: <laughs> yeah which is, the Lando's characterization in this fits with what little we've seen from the trilogy, and realistically, he didn't have a lot of characterization in the trilogy, no I mean, he was you know charming smooth talking double crossing gambler hustler, and yeah the you mention it I've read d and d character sheets that have more detailed fucking characters <laughs> than, than Lando had coming out of the trilogy, yeah but what you'd picture of Lando the kind of guy who would say hey man i just made a deal with darth vader this is going to work out great <laughs> yeah this is that fucking guy who's like don't worry it's all under control uh, yeah i've got the greatest score in the world the emperor's after me and there's unstoppable imperial guards on the ship but but don't worry it's all good
2: yeah this is great we 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 can like you know roll this into something awesome for all of us yeah as the lights on the head go on, whatever this
0: is supposed to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what that thing at the end is supposed to be. Yeah, but... they
2: they find a whole cache of what turns out to be Sith artifacts on Emperor Palpatine's uh, private yacht. And again, this being set before...
0: <laughs> because, yes, it's on his yacht, because... You know, all my mystical items. I put that on the boat where I take my bitches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the yacht,
2: as one does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is before it's it's common knowledge of anybody really other than Vader that Palpatine's a Sith, right? So it's like, huh? Oh, what is does he have all this? I don't know. just got stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah odd. Well, you know, we should totally steal it. Of course,
0: because we make the good decisions. Exactly. Because <laughs> you have to fuck up before you say this deal's getting worse all the time.
2: Right. Um. Can Can we go back just because uh, it was Lando's hanging out with actual Black Panthers? Um.
0: Oh Jesus, I didn't make the connection at all. Can, can we Can we just address that for a second? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what galactic race they are supposed to be uh yeah what were they uh Alexin and Pavel so apparently they're russian black panthers yeah based yeah. on their names
2: they they um they they code colonel um when they're not out assassinating emperors guards
0: sure why not <laughs> they're hackers and they drink vodka let's just chuck every, just just chuck every stereotype <laughs> of these cartoon characters that we possibly can just saying, it was odd. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but, you know, Star Wars is the movie that partially became a hit because, hey, look at this cantina, it's all full of aliens.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's and not it's, as though Star Wars has been above, um, things that, that tiptoe up to, um, a racial line and go,
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> Uh, look, what was it? Episode 8, not episode, issue 8 of Marvel's Star Wars back yeah. in the 70s gave us Jackson the Rabbit. Oh, God, that was awful. Yeah, they've been doing weird shit with animal-based characters in the Marvel comics for a while. That's true. So,
2: as long as Captain Carrot doesn't show up, I guess. Oh, that's DC. <laughs> that's
0: DC. <laughs> that's different. We nothing official about it if we'll ever get a marvel star wars crossover <laughs> nobody's going on record with that one
2: but this but. is yeah you know, I, I think soul is doing a nice job fleshing out lando because you're right they all all we get are some some very small screen moments with him in empire and in um return of the jedi yeah and everything else is sort of fill in the blank based on han and other characters reactions to him
0: well yeah and if you Take a step back, thinking about Lando. It's it's like thinking about Boba Fett, if you think about what he really does in the trilogy. Yeah, Boba Fett's an idiot who glowers, (laughs) and then he gets eaten by a space vagina (laughs) after being defeated by a blind man. Boba Fett is a fucking loser, but he looks cool. (laughs) Lando, you know, yeah, he's got this reputation as a scoundrel, just like you know Han Solo. But yeah, we see him take a deal to sell out his best friend yeah. and then double-cross the guy he did the deal with. Then we see him almost get eaten by the same space vagina as Boba Fett, <laughs> needing to be saved by a blind man, and then he barely gets the Falcon through the Death Star. He doesn't really do much. No. He's just kind of smooth and cool, and we're told he's kind of competent in some way. Uh, so he- what I get
2: from him, based on on that, and what I've read of this comic book so far, is is he's two-faced, and he likes to boost vehicles. <laughs> that's, that's what I've gotten. That's my takeaway of Lando. He's smooth in the moment, but
0: <laughs> well, he'll well, jack your car. See, what I see, yeah, number one, at least there's some competence there. We see him actually accomplishing something. Yes, but we also see all right, so number one, he's able to pull off the heist. Number two, we see him he he considers himself a smooth talker. Yes. He doesn't want to pick up weapons. Like these weapons when you pick up a weapon it causes more problems than it solves. Yep. But that he's also constantly apologizing because he's he's not as good as he thinks he is. I'm sorry. We've never <laughs> seen him be very good at talking his way out of shit. No. This, I'll sell my friend out to save my city. Si- what you're taking my city? Oh shit, I'll sell out Vader. Oh shit, they took my friend too. Then why am I in a space vagina? What <laughs> <are they? laughs> So it's it it fills out the characterization that we've seen, as limited as it is, but it's also very true to it. Yes. So it shows he's got some competence. There is some cool there. But yeah, he's not quite as good as he really thinks he is. The the other thing I like, when when Empire came out in 1980, Lobot was one of the action figures everybody had to get. Yep. Again, just like Boba Fett. We didn't know anything about him. He just looked cool. He looked cool, because he does does nothing in the he gets a wireless signal in the movie and grabs a couple bestman guards. I don't think he even says a word No, but it's everybody thought he was cool because he looked cool. And so I'm guessing Sewell might be part of our generation because he's trying very hard to give some characterization to Lobot and explain how that thing around his head not, if not how it actually works, at least some of how it works with him mm-hmm. and the, the relationship between that and him. So it's, it's kind of cool to see, okay, somebody's given some thought to what this is. Yeah. So it's a, I, I enjoyed that. There's not been a huge amount of it, particularly not in this issue, but it, it's cool to see.
2: Yeah. No, I, I think that this series is, is an unexpected delight. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, Sewell's a good writer. There's almost nothing he's written that I haven't at least gotten some kind of kick out of. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's setting up a, a classic protagonist antagonist. The, the, the bounty hunter, Chanath Cha, or however you yep. pronounce it. Clearly a man of action who mm-hmm. is like, nope, this is the thing you have to do. There is no win or lose. There is only complete the mission or don't complete the mission. I am a doer versus Lando, who is all mouth and tries to talk his way through situations and not have to actually do anything.
2: Yeah. So, and this takes place between Star Wars and Empire, right? I think so, yeah. So the the trick here that Sewell need to be able to pull off, in theory, by the end of the run for for Lando, would be how he cross, crosses paths with Vader and gets involved in that yeah. in a satisfying way.
0: Yeah, because this is one... Yeah, I want to say that's the right setting on it. I missed the first issue of this. So I I could be wrong about how the timing is. I,
2: I'm pretty sure that that's... Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing where this continues to go. Some, some of the books have started off really strong and then kind of petered. This one, so far, so good.
0: Yeah, and can I just say, if you had asked me... Who would be a good artist to do a Lando Calrissian book? Oh, yeah. Alex Malieve would not have been on the list at Just given sort of Lando's bright, smooth talking, you know, I would have thought like a, a Humberto Ramos or somebody, you know, almost make it cartoony because he's you know, trying scams and stuff. And he's always been of almost anybody in Star Wars, one of the most lighthearted characters. It seems sometimes, yeah. but yeah, Malieve, he draws a great. Likeness of Billy D williams well and
2: and also since he's done this work with um Bendis before on the the street level characters from Marvel, and at at its core, Lando is a street hustler
0: well, yeah, and also it's it's easy to forget that part of the entire aesthetic of Star Wars very specifically, particularly after the prequels, it's easy to forget <laughs> it was supposed to be a lived in rundown universe, right. And yeah, having done Daredevil and Moon Knight, street level characters, yeah, that kind of okay. It's grimy. It's still all the you know the long horizontal with curved end lights, or all the Star Wars elements are there. Yeah, but yeah, it's just it really works, and I would not have would not have picked that out. Inspired, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's of all the Star Wars comics that have been coming out, and again, I missed the first issue of this one and i i'm still really enjoying the main star wars title but this one has been unexpectedly really fun yeah so yeah this one's definitely if you haven't been picking it up you should. Uh, this is one to try out
2: also speaking of things that are that are far better than they have any right to be yeah they're... if 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 fear the walking dead was a disappointment because it was only okay <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> we yeah. talk
2: about hank johnson agent of hydra <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, the, the first issue. I imagine the only issue. Yeah, <laughs> written by David Mandel, art by Michael Walsh. Ultimately, this this story as being a street level Hydra agent fucking sucks.
2: And and just just from the get go, the cover is you know
0: Hank Johnson, agent of Hydra.
2: It's the only thing in color on the on the front here. And then there's a bunch of of trippy. Old school shield stuff.
0: Oh yeah, clearly Jim Steranko. Oh,
2: but no, no, it's 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 an Amanda Connor cover. Connor with apologies to Steranko. Yeah, is is how she signed it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and the first couple pages of it looked like they could have come straight out of a Steranko book. Yep. So it's it's weird. This is exactly as, in certain ways, exactly as goofy as you would think. Except he's not going for wicked cheap laughs here. It's no. more. This is like a 60s family sitcom, except instead of being a story about a comedy writer and his wife, like Dick Van Dyke, or a psychiatrist and his wife, like Bob Newhart, or an advertising executive (laughs) and his wife, like Bewitched. Mad Men. Yeah. I was going with comedies, but it's an agent of Hydra and his wife. You know, the, the old, the wife wants you to advance and is pushing you to push for a promotion and constantly wishes she married the other guy. Straight out of a '60s sitcom, yeah, the the whole oh I gotta suck up to the boss for a promotion, except the boss is Madame Hydra, <laughs> and she'll fuck anything that walks, moves, or crawls, including including you. Yeah, which is straight out of a '60s sitcom, which brings you into the oh I think he's having an affair, but it's all a misunderstanding. That's more of a '70s sitcom. Yeah, but, but yeah, all that shit is that it's like a sitcom. You in need Hydra. a raise because we need a nanny. <laughs> yeah. And it's I love the moment where Hank goes to Human Resources, and it's just like any other, you know. Oh, dude goes to home Human Resources, but it, it's number one. The Human Resources guy is a, is a cyborg, yeah, with an artificial arm. And as soon as he opens the door, he's like, "Let me guess, Madam Hydra." Yeah, apparently she's just going through the ranks, yeah, looking for Dick.
2: <laughs> and then just the the s- mundane things that are just hysterical, like he he's supposed to find someone because his wife is nagging him to to attend a charity fundraiser for their kid's school right and it's boring as hell um so he gets <laughs> he gets a guy from Shield to go with
0: him. <laughs> well, t- well, no, that was the thing. That was another '60s element. It's a, you've got this Weasley Eddie Haskell type coworker who's always trying to put one over on you. Yeah. Except in this case, the reason is, yeah, he's fucking Clay Quartermain from Shield working undercover. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and then spoilers, by the way, we spoiled this whole fucking book. Oh but- yeah.
2: Um. And then Clay like blows him off because his other buddy. Um, who had offered him tickets to go to a basketball game, um, then offers him to Clay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're having this fight about if it, it's like, no, you offered him to me. Well, I'm sorry, you could go. Oh, Hell Hydra. Like they're they're in the middle of like whatever the general assembly for the day is where they're they're mindlessly shouting Hell Hydra yep. and they're having this conversation <laughs> around that. <laughs> yeah. Um and then the little other things too, like his his kids' softball game is actually like the Hydra League versus the SHIELD league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's And that's where he runs into Clay. Clay is is the Oh right
0: the, the coach for the SHIELD team. It's <laughs> yeah, it's uh Mandel clearly put a lot of thought into how do I take this framework of old sitcoms and take all those tropes and put them together.
2: Yeah. He has to take his kids to a birthday party. They show up at the wrong yeah. birthday party. Oh wait,
0: shit. Quartermain wasn't undercover. He found no, out he, knew he worked for shield. Yeah. that, that that's, that's the, the that. conceit It's
2: like outside of war, It's it's like Marvel versus DC. They used to have softball games. <laughs> it's a fun of time. I missed that completely. Um, so we've got, yeah, Hydra versus shield, um, little league or softball or whatever the fuck this is. And then, <laughs> That's, that's where they, they meet. And then at the end, it's like, so it's like off, off hours, they're just rivals and, ah, attaboy. And then on hours, cause that, that's why at the end, Quarterman goes to arrest him um when they when they bust the the
0: school function okay see i thought quarterman was undercover for some reason no but it's that's even better it's like again to go back to the 60s and 70s it's like yeah i work for ibm you work for sperry univac but yeah we'll play softball games and yeah <laughs> that's even better god
2: damn it. And that's that's <laughs> like where, where hank has his one moment of glory because he's like quarterman those tickets were mine and he tunes them up <laughs> and that's how he avoids arrest yeah like- <laughs> all
0: right see you next week at the game that's <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: Um, but it's, it's just, it's just silly, goofy fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, they took this framework of uh, an old sitcom and put it into basically an era appropriate shield slash Hydra relations. Right. And yeah, it just, it, it totally works and it's just a huge amount of fun. And that, this is supposedly a Secret Wars title. And uh, this, this is as much about secret wars as Star Wars is about tax dispute. All right, that's not a good example. <laughs> but it's the type of secret wars book I like. Take the take the fact this thing is happening and you can do anything for a couple months. Take advantage of the chaos and do something unique and cool and this one totally fits the bill.
2: Yeah, it's just like the little things too. Like you know, Madam Hydra is up unveiling the the uber weapon that they're going to use to destroy the world and there's like Little little comments like, oh, here we go again. Ah, oh, she forgot to wear underwear again. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: And she's married to Modok. She's
2: married to Modok. <laughs> <laughs> oh god.
0: You know,
2: I, I, not for nothing. I, if I was Madram Hydra, I, I'm not sure how you're you're supposed to do that with Modok. Maybe it's feasible to step out. I don't.
0: <laughs> and he's got those chubby baby arms. I'm sure they could work something out. God. <laughs> Blah. It's like a baby's fist Ew <laughs> I'm terrible June bug. Oh Great <laughs> uh, You just want to suck the joy out of everything Yeah anyway. I'm a ruiner <laughs> but,
2: but yeah The, the, the callback to the, the 60s, 70s style art Where Avengers assemble Where they're coming in on the Hydra assembly At the
0: end Right and,
2: um, those are my playoff tickets. <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, this is, it's weird. Um, I was about to do my old, uh, won't make you any smarter, but no, this is really wired into old sitcom type stuff. Somebody clearly put a lot of thought into it.
2: So. Yeah. And, 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 frankly, I'm a little worried for, for Hank, cause it looks like every other day he gets a concussion from Nick Fury. <laughs> That that builds up after a while.
0: It could be worse. It's
2: going to end up with like the Muhammad Ali brain damage down the line. Where
0: Nick Fury generally doesn't leave concussions in his wake. Generally so, not,
2: but Hank seems to get concussed.
0: Yeah, often. So yeah, David Mandel clearly knows his old sitcoms. This this is a fun one. Yes, you, you might be tempted to go. This looks dumb. It's not as dumb as you think. It's just fun. Yes, give it a shot. All right. We uh, got anything else? Ah,
2: I think that that brings us nicely to the end of the show.
0: All right. So why don't we wrap it up? Okay. I don't know where you happen to find this particular episode, but you can always find us at our home website. That is CrisisOnInfiniteMidLives.com. We are on Facebook. We're trying to do more with with Facebook. It's been quiet the last couple weeks because of all the looking for a new home office things, but... We're certainly trying to do better, and we certainly get messages through it, so you can reach us there, facebook.com slash crisisoninfinitemidlives. We are on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Infinite Midlife. Yeah. We're on Tumblr, .tumblr crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. Like every other podcast in the world, we are on iTunes. If you happen to find us there, do us a favor. Give us a review. Shoot us a rating. Helps new people find the show, and we like getting feedback from listeners. Yeah. Uh, we are on TuneIn Radio. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And I guess that is it. One last... Oh, re- what Gmail? Do we do the Gmail? Oh, yes, of? you can certainly email us. ChristsonInfiniteMidLives <laughs> at gmail.com. But otherwise, that's about it. Uh, one last <laughs> reminder. We are probably not going to have an episode uh, next week. That is September, what I say, 6th? Let's look at the... Yeah, September 6th. But if stuff works out, uh, we'll have one. So, yeah, you know what? Just subscribe to the show someplace, and uh, it'll show up. Otherwise, it'll show up. otherwise, we will be back the following week, September thirteenth. But
2: Re- refreshed, raring to go.
0: No, exhausted from packing shit up. I'm trying
2: to be <laughs> optimistic.
0: Yeah, so maybe we'll...
2: I'll cook something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <June> bugs, no. <laughs> Alright, that is it. This has been episode 85 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening, and derp.
2: You know, I'd never really feed you a bug, right? Oh, thank God. I was going to
0: fucking (laughs) ask (laughs) you.
1: My name is Hiro Nakamura. I'm from the future, and I have a message for you. Don't eat the French onion dip.